The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, um, today we're talking about quote, trust the science, end quote. <laughs> oh, it's just, I'll, you know, here's what I will tell you. At Greenwood Family Chiropractic, right, in my thought process, Dr. Leanne Schluter, um, there is a time and a place for medicine. I had a friend more recently who um, traveled to Colorado, Colorado Springs, and when he got there, he had a headache and they said, yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty common with like altitude and whatnot. Well, they went and they took his blood pressure and his blood, his blood pressure was, um, 210 over like 130. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, did you immediately bring him to the emergency room? And, um, his wife said, yes, absolutely. So there is something called altitude related pulmonary edema. Um, and so what happened was when he had got up there, his blood pressure had shot up. It doesn't happen to everyone. But that, you know, that when your blood pressure is that high, we think, hi, um, yeah, you need to go to the emergency room. And I'm pretty sure they put him on lisinopril and they got his blood pressure down into the more manageable area. And so, um, goodness gracious, there is a time and place for medicine. Uh, I will say that I had a patient who was on vacation and had come back and had noticed um, some like pain and some redness on their leg. And they had scratched their leg on one of the rocks in the ocean when they were um, doing bodyboarding. And so I was like, hmm. And so they sent me a picture like that evening or the next day. And this streak, like this red streak started down. Um, his leg and I was like hi um, you need to go to the emergency room now <laughs> like, this is one where um, IV antibiotics is most definitely in your future and she the wife of this gentleman was like you know I'm just really concerned about his gut health and I was like hi yeah his gut health doesn't matter if he's dead <laughs> like this this is a systemic infection that is spreading and so um, we will deal with all of the more natural stuff on the back end of things like right now Medicine has a time and a place. I firmly and will always speak the truth that medicine has a time and a place, right? So I don't 
want this to be like an anti-medicine or a medicine bashing. But here is what I have found is that there is oftentimes, unfortunately, monetary incentive or an agenda that comes behind some of the recommendations. I just printed off more recently. Um, I think it was the state of Kentucky. It was Blue Cross and Blue Shield Anthem providers. Um, the incentive package that they had for individuals in their practice who um, got the COVID-19 vaccine, right? And so when you think your doctor said, oh my gosh, like you need this, they might have thought that, but then one, you're like, yes, but these these shots that they're giving, these vaccines, um, COVID-19, totally safe and effective. And you're like, okay. And so the the clinical trials and all of that, and they're like, well, we, we expedited it. So like you know, because we've got this big thing that's happening and we've just, you know, we just need to make sure we get this out to the masses because this is going to save the masses and all of these thought processes. And and you're like, uh, trust the science, right? Like trust the science. And so I'm like, <laughs> we're going through all of these things and I, and you know, we're going to talk about health in the news here in a moment, but it's, and it's not just with the COVID-19 vaccine. It's like when we are looking at these drug recalls, the different classes, right? The FDA has a drug recall um, classification system, right? So those likely did go through clinical trials in an appropriate amount and an appropriate um, time duration of a clinical trial. But yet there are still drug classifications in terms of class of recall and ways to alert the public of these and reinforcement. But, and so you look at these like fads that were going through like these weight loss semi-glutide shots and like we have all of these aspects. So I just want to dive down deep more so than anything. I want your brain to just switch gears a little bit. And, and just think outside of the box of what is mainstream media, what is being told or sold to you. And I want you to just think a little bit deeper and outside of that box. So today is about just planting seeds, right? Like this is one that is not medicine bashing. Again, you guys have mostly done a pretty good job of not sending me dirty or the radio station dirty emails just because it's one like, listen, this is my opinion, take it or leave it, right? But when you start looking at things differently and you start educating yourself on the back end, not of what, again, is being told or sold to you, things start to change a little bit in that aspect. So before we get into quote unquote, trust the science, let's talk about some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. Today's health in the news. FDA recommends vaccine manufacturers make single strain COVID-19 boosters that target Omicron spinoff XBB.1.5 for the fall. So, So they talk about the U.S. FDA, Food and Drug Administration, this past week 
said it recommended that COVID-19 vaccine manufacturers make single-strain booster shots for this fall that would target the currently circulating Omicron subvariant XBB 1.5. Based on the totality of evidence, the FDA had advised manufacturers who will be updating their COVID-19 vaccine that they should develop vaccines with a monovalent composition, the agency said in a news release. This single-strand or monovalent vaccine would drop protection against the original strand of the virus that emerged in China in the late 2019s, a version that experts don't expect to return and whose continued inclusion of the vaccine may contribute to a lower efficacy against newer strands. Hmm. Members of the FDA Vaccine and Related Biological Product Advisory Committee it's a mouthful, voted unanimously this past week that the new vaccine should protect against just one strand of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, a departure from the currently available bivalent vaccine. The uh, uh, FDA advisory committee recommended in the steps for international guidance, the World Health Organization last month said its advisory group recommended that updated vaccines target an XBB strain of the virus and leave out the original version. Um, the FDA will continue to monitor the safety and efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccines and the evolution of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the agency said in its statements. Now, here's what I think is very interesting, right? So they're like, hey, we are going to keep changing what we did before, right? Because the other COVID vaccines, totally safe and effective, right? That's what they told you. Trust the science. This is totally safe and effective, and then I look and I'm like, hmm, because I remember months ago, frustration that came when safety issues came up about the previous one. So this was um, back the beginning of this year, this is 2023, right? So they talk about how the CDC identifies possible safety issues with Pfizer's updated COVID-19 vaccine, but says people should still get boosted, right? So what had happened was the... Um, CDC said back in January that there were safety issues that came from the vaccine. And they had, and what was frustrating about all of this to practitioners is that um, the safety issues we're known about quite a long time ago, but were not shared. And so they're like, totally safe and effective. Don't worry, totally safe and effective. And then they're like, hey, we actually noticed that through some of the monitoring systems that we have, that the incident rate of ischemic stroke for populations who took the COVID-19 vaccine is actually a little bit higher, especially in the older population, right? Like strokes where people just randomly die. They're like, yeah, um, undoubtedly the risk of the whole series of adverse events, including hospitalization, is much, much greater Um with this COVID-19 vaccine. They're like, Phew. I mean, we know, we know it. And they're like, yeah, well, okay. So like now we'll share it. And they're like, why, why didn't we know any of this beforehand? So they're like, but still get boosted, even though we know that there's safety issues, still get boosted. And that's the one that's been around for a while. And now they're saying, hey, we need to update this every single year. Well, let's sit, think, what vaccine do we look at that we update every single year and do this guessing game of what will the virus morph into this year? 
right? Can we think about anything? It's called the flu shot, right? And we look at safety and efficacy of the flu shots and we say, yeah, it's totally effective. Everyone should get it. And you're like, because really we're looking at years prior. And remember, I've been doing this radio show now for almost 11 years that we have seen time and time again, come springtime, they're like, oof, safety and efficacy of this last year, 10%, 15%, right? Like, is it effective? And they're like, no. Okay, we're like, this spring, we're going to do better. This spring and summer, let's guess. What will it? And that's what they're doing with this. They're like, hey, you know, these government entities are like, you know what, we should start guessing about what that's going to look like. And they're like, well, let's not put the old one in. Let's just do one strand this year of what we like think and guessing. And they're like, but this one that we're guessing on still totally safe and effective. Not the problem that we had before that what we had wasn't safe and effective. We're going to guess on this new one, totally safe and effective. Trust the science, right? And then you're like, well, what happened this last month? Like, I haven't seen this in the mainstream media, but did you know that the FDA revoked um, Johnson & Johnson's authorization for the mRNA vaccine for COVID-19? Did anyone know that? Yep. The Janssen Biotech, the one that's owned by Johnson & Johnson, um, they have revoked their authorization for the COVID-19 vaccine. Not mainstream media. Not not a big deal, right? But they're like, hey, um, we actually noticed that this, quote, totally safe and effective vaccine, right? Like, doesn't matter what you get as long as you get it and you're boosted and double boosted and triple boosted. And now this year, just throw on the flu shot with the COVID-19 new updated vaccine. But remember, they talked about um, how they noticed that there were problems that came along with this. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, just clotting related problems. And so the other ones, no problem with that, even though ischemic stroke was greatly increased. Now this one says, hey, we've got some clotting problems. And they're like, oh, we're like four years out, like under the rug. We don't want to make it a big deal because, you know, there were millions, millions of people who got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Millions. And they're like, okay, um, But there's like this super rare clotting disorder. So we were like, should probably stop it. So like, we don't really want to talk about it. But like under the table, let's just revoke its authorization. We, you know, we don't want people to feel bad. But don't worry, this one that we've had for a while, that six months ago, six months ago, they said, hey, there's more safety issues about uh, ischemic stroke on people who have them. Just like, I don't know, when people like randomly die, um, we're just going to alter that a little bit and we should give it to every single person every single year now. We'll just change it like the flu shot. No big deal. Trust the science. Like, can we see the definition of insanity? And we're like, is this really preventing? Is this, do people still get COVID? Yes. Are they dying masses like they claimed two or three years ago? So what what are we doing? What are we doing right now? It is literally maddening. But all the while, we're like, let's just put our, what the news said, trust the science. It's safe and effective. But yet this mainstream media stuff, Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer and all of these other um, big companies that, by the way, fund a lot of these drug commercials, which are on mainstream media, right? Don't bite the hand that feeds you. We see this. Trust the science, though, right? Wild. What about uh, cancer drugs that got put on hold after patients die? Um, 
What about mercury in flu vaccines? Totally safe and effective. It's different than the type of mercury that you consume, right? What about these semi-glutides, Wagovi and um, all of these weight loss, right? Totally great. No big deal. We're losing all of this weight. Are there side effects that come with that? We got to trust the science, right? We'll dive deeper into that next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Videos, tips, deals, and more. Find Greenwood Family Chiropractic on Instagram. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That's GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. It has been a wonderful time in the office recently. We have seen just some of the most amazing testimonies recently. Uh, A woman went back to her medical doctor, her prescribing physician, who said she no longer needed gabapentin, which uh, gabapentin works on kind of nerve pain, if you will. And so she recently got to do a drug-free warrior drop. Um, Right now, reminder, we don't put any person on medication. We never take them off medication. We're not surgeons. So we never tell you whether or not you do or don't need surgery. But here's what I will tell you is that um, people, when they start becoming well and we co-care with other practitioners, um, it's a really, really amazing opportunity for people to change the course of their health and wellness. So it's just really great. Another patient who said, you know, I don't really know that I feel comfortable with having another surgery. And I said, okay. She said, I'm going to give more conservative care a try. And um, I said, sounds great, right? Like you can always, you know, just because you say you don't want to do surgery doesn't mean that you never have to do surgery or you never can do surgery or surgery isn't an option. Um And this wasn't one that was like an emergence surgery that she was dodging. It was just a slow degenerative process. And so I had, um, so she opted to cancel her spinal surgery or maybe postpone it, right? Like who knows? But she said, I want to do everything in my control conservatively before I let them put another knife to my spinal cord. And I said, that is 100% fair. You know, and she had gone through the injections and, you know, unfortunately hadn't worked for her so now now she's going through and so that's just some of the things from an aspect of wellness that inevitably is in our wheelhouse I will always affirm that there is a time and a place for medicine right though that being said we've been bought into this you know if we say that something's not safe or effective then we're 
anti-vaccine or anti-medicine or anti-allopathic, you know, and, and that is not true. But also, we can question things and and dive down deeper to do research, and it doesn't make us anti-whatever anti you think that is, you know, anti-medicine. But here's what I, I saw more recently that really made me think, like, there are... Um, a good handful of people now in our office that are on uh, semi-glutides, right? Which are this um, weight loss. It's Ozempic would be one. Um, Wegovy. They're the same like form of semi-glutide. It's just they're um, marketed to different. Like Ozempic, I think you have to be diabetic. Where Wegovy is just for obesity. Though the mechanism, a GLP-1 similarly the same. Um, now, <laughs> what I feel like hasn't been talked because it's like this miracle, right? Like you do nothing, you change nothing, but then like it slows the digestion in your stomach and your brain's not as hungry and all of these things. And you're like, what mechanism is happening with this? Right. And so when, when I see this, it's like, did anyone talk to you about what other things are happening. And so what we're seeing so much of now is that because GLP-1 antagonist agents like Wagovi and Ozempic, they're designed to help slow the digestion process. So what is happening now are a lot of stomach problems, right? Um, if people are never being taught to actually change what they're eating and the way that they're eating, they're still eating greasy fried foods, right? Maybe just less of them. But um, gastric emptying isn't happening as quickly. And if gastric emptying isn't happening as quickly, we're seeing a lot of um, like constipation and it's causing um, bowel blockage, right? Like... <laughs> Your body's meant to poop. <laughs> and if you're not pooping because you're told your digestive systems to slow down so you don't feel hungry so that you eat less, then that is likely going to take a toll. Um, here is the one that I feel like has not um, been talked about in almost all regards is that it carries a boxed warning, right? And this is the FDA's most prominent warning, when it looks at it. And it's for risk of thyroid tumors and thyroid cancer. So most people know, but your thyroid's like a little small gland on the front area of your neck. Um, it helps control lots of function in your body, including making the release in certain hormones. So one of the most serious side effects that comes with this Wegovy or Ozempic is the thyroid tumors and thyroid cancer. And so um, medullary thyroid carcinoma would be one of them. Or if you have an endocrine system, so multiple endocrine neoplasm syndrome too, um, these are ones that we know have problems. So they're like, yes, we'll just check your thyroid and pay attention. <sighs> but like no one is talking about the fact that like one of the side effects is like, oh my gosh, we have this miracle drug and, you know, you do nothing and you lose all of this weight and it's like miraculous and like that should be somewhat of a red flag of some sort, right? And they're like, oh, by the way, there's like 
the FDA's most prominent warning of side effects. It's a black box warning um, and that it causes uh, thyroid tumors and cancer. And you're like, of the people who are on it, does anybody know that? Or are we just are we just going to bury our head into the sand because we just love losing weight and not having to make any sort of other changes? You know, another one that you see so much of is um, gallbladder problems and uh, and pancreatitis. You know, pancreatitis is a sudden inflammation of your pancreas. Um, multiple reports of this stomach pain, back pain. So, like as a doctor, when people come in here and they're like, "Oh, I have neck pain. Oh, I've got really severe back pain." You know, and I'm like, okay, well, what are you on? Well, you know, my gosh, I've been on this pill or the shot is what it is, right? It's a shot. Um, and I'm losing all of this weight. And you're like, is your pancreas going through all of these problems? Does your neck hurt because it's actually a tumor on your thyroid because of that? You know, your gallbladder, gallstones, all of these problems, you know, they're like, oh, I've got shoulder pain or upper stomach pain. And, you know, these are ones that come with warnings. And they're like, yeah, but honestly no big deal. I'm losing weight. And you're like, oh no, but it's on the market. It's safe and effective, right? Like trust the science. And that's really like today, just talking about all of these things where it's like we blindly put our head into the sands and we trust what we've been led to believe. But you forget like the marketing budget typically, especially for um, these semi-glutides, the marketing budget that's on there in most prescription medications, the marketing budget exceeds R&D, which is research and development. So when you're like, hi, we're going to put our dollars where they really matter. And they're like, well, commercials, Super Bowl commercials and um, all these ads on television and, you know, research and development. No, it's still I mean, it's still up there, but, you know, we've got to be able to sell it. And that's one where you even look at every drug Every medication that has been pulled from the market has been deemed safe and effective at some point, right? COX-2 inhibitors. This is like a huge one. If you remember back to like the early 2000s, um, Bextra, Celebrex, Vioxx, tons of other um, arthritis drugs, they said, well, these aren't as bad because they're NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, Right. And so um, they're they're like you don't have you don't have to worry about this, right? Um, Cox two inhibitors, like oh my gosh, you have pain, don't change anything, don't do anything. You've just got this pill that you can take, totally safe, totally effective, right? Proven, but then all of a sudden, these people are dying of cardiovascular risk. Safe and effective. Which I think was really interesting because there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. I was able to find, um, this was in 2007, was published from the NPR.org uh, website. So obviously, I feel like the average person knows about NPR. But they go on for this, um, these trials and like the timeline of, example, Vioxx and how they had this publication, like Merck submitted these um this paper to the new england journal of medicine for publication the data included 17 of 20 heart attacks the viax patients have right data wasn't whole um, it refers to heart attacks 18 19 and 20 suffered by patients taking viax during the study 
Um, then they submitted two corrections, no mention of the three additional heart attacks that had happened during the study. Um, February of 2001, the FDA holds an advisory meeting. It publishes the um, website on the cardiovascular and heart attack events. Fast forward, a Texas state jury returns a verdict against Merck in the first Vioxx liability case that ended up to trial. 13,000 lawsuits had been filed against the company on behalf of 23,000 plaintiffs who alleged the drug caused them heart attacks and strokes. Um, All the while, they still knew that when they had gone through the initial studies about heart attacks 18, 19, and 20, well before the the, uh, paper was published. So... Um, the New England Journal of Medicine issued a expression of concern, writing that there was inaccuracies and deletions through the Mercury manuscripts that call into question the integrity of the data, quote unquote, call in question the integrity of the data. Um, it says the concerns our evaluations lead us to conclude that our original article followed appropriate and clinical trial principles and does not require a correction, even though there were more heart attacks than they actually published, right? And so again, 2006, there was even, uh, there's the seventh trial against Merck that began. Um, and then by 2007, Merck announced that it will pay out $4.85 b- billion dollars to end thousands of lawsuits over its painkiller Vioxx. They think that, um, so the settlement, personal injury lawsuits, more than 47,000 plaintiffs in 265 potential class action lawsuits against family who claim the drug proved fatal or injured its users. But it was proved safe and effective at some point, right? And from the time that it got released, all of those, uh, it was approved, um, had eight studies over 5,400 subjects in 1999. It took almost 20 years, killed over, I think, between Bextra and Vioxx and Celebrex. They killed over 60,000, not injured, killed over 60,000 people. But when all of this stuff was happening, they say, well, the research doesn't say that. And all the while, right, all the while, they had known the New England Journal of Medicine, on the back end, were going through all these, quote, expression of concerns and inaccuracies and deletion of the data that was put there. But trust the, trust the science, right? Trust the science. I just trust the science. And we have all of these aspects where any drug that has been recalled from the market at some point has been deemed safe and effective. And again, remember, I believe medicine has a time and a place, but you look at these non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and you're like oh yeah it's for pain and you're like what's causing the pain right like and are those non-steroidal anti-inflammatories getting rid of the pain do you take them for a week or do you take them for two weeks when your back flares up and then it gets worse you take them for another month and now you have just pocket candy that you continually have a bottle in your car and a bottle in your work bag and a bottle in your purse and right you just take it right? You make sure you have your keys, phone, wallet, belt, shoes, and your Advil, right? Your non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. It's become a standard in your life. And then all of a sudden, now you have heart attacks, cardiovascular events, death. Specifically with Vioxx alone, it was 38,000 people that they proved. So what about the ones that they didn't, quote, prove? But don't worry. Trust the science. And you have these people coming in, right? 
And you think about the average drug rep that comes in, that sells these doctors, that presents these doctors, the safety and efficacy of these drugs. Medical degree? Medical backing? Absolutely not. It's marketing. I recently, you know, and um, medical devices are a whole nother game. I will tell you, there is a uh, uh, documentary on Netflix that if you have not watched, it's not new. It came out in 2018. I have recently watched it. It's called The Bleeding Edge. Again, it's on Netflix. It's called The Bleeding Edge. It is a documentary that talks about these medical devices and how these medical devices that typically you would need pre-market approval, right? So you have this new medical device, Say one of the um one of the things in the bleeding edge, this Netflix documentary talks about hip replacements. And typically it would be like plastic on plastic, plastic on metal, or metal on metal, and the metal is cobalt. And so um you would have this medical device. And typically it needs to be in a certain demographic of populations of humans. And once they're proven safe and effective in pre-marketing, they get pre-market approval right? And then they go to market and they're used in humans regularly. Now, what happens with medical devices is they don't follow that they have, like every device has to go through pre-market approval. So if you have a joint replacement and you say, hey, this is similar to that of this first hip, hip number one, but we just like thought that if we added this notch, it would be more effective for preventing X, Y, and Z. So as long as you can deem it similar to medical devices that have had pre-market approval, you can get it. So now we're on these like tertiary and, uh, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth generation of what is, quote, similar to pre-market approval devices that have never been. And so they talk about how the average person gets metal hips and it's cobalt. And this cobalt is eating away at the surrounding tissue. It is massively increasing the uh, rate of elemental cobalt in the blood and urine at levels that far exceed toxicity levels. And they're back to the hips, but they can't pull it off the market. So like this doctor who was on there was talking about how he developed hand tremors and he regressed like cognitive regression that happened, like lost his health, took his hip out, replaced it with a plastic one. They all resolved within six months. But quote, trust the science, right? When really medical devices now, less than 2% of medical devices actually have gone through themselves pre-market approval. It's very eye-opening. It is incredibly eye-opening. But all the while, we keep saying what? Trust the science, right? It's no big deal. Trust the science. And we do that with so many different regards too. And another one that I see so often is mercury. Do you ever wonder why is it that a pregnant woman shouldn't eat tuna fish, canned tuna fish, because of its mercury, but can have the flu shot. We'll talk about some of that. Quote, trust the science. Next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne.
Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. You know, one of the really great things that we do in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic is really just opening people's eyes. That, w- that would be my, you know, when we we look at what we do in the office, like we don't put you on medication. We don't take you off medication. Like we literally just, my, I'm an adult, you're an adult, right? So like, and I assume most people listening are adults because um, this it's a talk radio station. It's like not as fun for kids. Um, so you're an adult. So why, why would I tell you what to do, right? Like, why in any regards would I say, here's what you're going to do? That makes zero sense. Why wouldn't I say, hey, here's what I know. Here's what I want you to know. And I want you to expand your knowledge so that when you make a decision, you can make the best educated decision possible right there are so many times people come into my office like for example again I do believe there's a time and a place for medicine right this is not anti-medicine this is not anti-anything this is one that you have to educate yourself on the back end of things I had a patient she was uh, in her late teens early 20s and when she had come in she had went to her medical doctor for a urinary tract infection standard like she didn't get them all the time just like every once and again and they give they gave her Cipro which is a pretty heavy box black box warning antibiotic and that was their first go-to and this girl had a history of seizures but had not had one in over eight years And after she took the first couple doses of this antibiotic for a mild urinary tract infection, she started having grand mal seizures, got her license taken away, all of the things. And you're like, could that have been accomplished with a different antibiotic? Yes. Right. Was that the more potent of all the antibiotics? Also, yes. So they're like, yeah, if we're looking at something like leprosy and death is an option, then Cipro doesn't really seem that bad. You know, but if there's not a patient education standpoint and you don't make that choice, like we just blindly trust our practitioners, right? That what they give us is the best and that what they wouldn't, why would they give us something that would harm us? And I don't think that that's the harm. But if we don't ask more questions, then I feel like we're doing ourselves a disservice. And what she said is, I just wish I would have known. Right. When I see someone who's gone through failed back surgery syndrome and they say, well, I just wish I would have known. Right. Like, I just wish I would have known all of these things. I wish I would have known. And the way that we know is we listen, we do, we research, we read, we, we take action on these regards so you can have more of an educated decision. It's just that simple. So when we look at the aspect of like, health and wellness, the one thing that is very frustrating to me very often is the conversation of trust the science, quote, trust the science when it comes to mercury, right? 
I have three babies. I'm a doctor who, like, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a doctor of chiropractic. But it's very interesting to look at the difference. And here's the thought process more so from, like, the FDA is that, well, oral consumption of mercury and injected mercury are not the same, right? They're like, no, it's not the same. Ethyl mercury and methyl mercury are different, right? So health agencies like the CDC will maintain that ethyl mercury is less toxic than methyl mercury. Ethyl mercury is what is injected into you via thimerosal in vaccines versus methyl mercury, which is typically consumed orally. So according to the CDC, ethyl mercury is much less likely to, quote, accumulate in the body and cause harm, right? So um, the World Health Organization states that half-life of ethyl mercury, which again, they deem to be less toxic, the length of time of body uh, given is shorter, less than a week compared to, to methyl mercury, which is a month and a half. But here's what's really interesting, right? Because there was a research study that that showed that. Um, where does that mercury go? Because when they when they did further research to find right ethyl mercury, which is injected, they say, yeah, your body clears it out so fast. So what they did is they said, well, how how does it do it? Like there has to be an exit point of the body. Excretion mechanisms are typically sweat. They are typically urine or feces. And so what they did is they tested these kids and they said, hey, like where is this mercury going? If we're getting rid of it so much faster, like in your body's quote processing it out, where is it processing out? And they're like, oh, because they couldn't find a higher increase in mercury. And so what they did is... Um, this is okay. So this was published in 2005. This is in the environmental health perspective. So this doctor, Thomas Barbacker, looked at comparison of blood and brain mercury levels in infant monkeys exposed to methylmercury or vaccine containing thimerosal, right? So this is where he could do something a little bit different than the other study. And this is the study that they will, this one study that they will say time and time again, this is, quote, the safe type of mercury that they inject into your veins via vaccines because your body clears it out faster. But here's what this study did that the other one couldn't. What it did is it gave oral um, methylmercury and then they injected ethylmercury, right, in the form of thimerosal into these infant monkeys. And dependent on the vaccine, the schedule, the size, they compared the systemic distribution to um, the body and the brain of these different types of mercury. Um, they looked at intermuscular injections. So like you would do at a newborn baby for a hep B vaccine. They did it at birth, one, two, and three weeks of age. And the total blood levels were determined at two, four, and seven days after each exposure. Total and inorganic brain mercury levels were assessed at two, four, seven, and 28 days after exposure. And here's what they could do that was different, obviously. They looked at postmortem, so um, levels of mercury in the brain. And what they had found through this study is that uh, mercury that was injected into the veins, what the CDC and the World Health Organization would view as the, quote, healthy form of mercury, 
that they found exponentially higher levels that it did. It did leave the blood faster. The blood concentration was less when it was injected into the blood via form of thimerosal and vaccines. But what it did was it massively increased the concentration of mercury in the brain. Where did it go? It went into the brain because ethyl mercury can cross the blood brain barrier. Where oral, when you consume tuna fish, for example, the body has to process it through there and then it has all of these other filters to try to get them out. But they say, hey, absolutely beware. Don't, you know, it's, it's fine to do it. Inject it. Eating it when you're pregnant, absolutely not. It's not safe. But you can, you, I mean, you can get the flu shot. Totally fine. Filters out of the blood. Not a problem. But if that's happening in your brain, like what's happening to the baby's brain? And they don't know. There's zero science because you can't go in and say, oh, gosh, this mom got the flu shot. It's not ethical to go in and then take the life of the baby to see how much mercury is in the brain. But yet we have all of these neurological and developmental problems that are happening. And we say, trust the science, safe and effective. This is the safe form of mercury we're going to inject into your veins, into your newborn baby's veins for hepatitis B, which is contractable typically through drugs and needles and prostitution. It's wild to me. And you look at the amount, the amount that goes in here, right? The, um, the levels of ethyl mercury exposure, which is again through thimerosal, flu vaccine. Um, thimerosal isn't present in typically multi-vial vaccines. Um, they say the what you ingest is based on the same as what we're going to inject in your veins, which those processes, one, we can fully acknowledge are not the same. But um, they talked about if the EPA, like their diagno- like their levels, ingested methylmercury, is it applied to the injected ethyl mercury, ethyl mercury, right? So basically, if you were to say the same amount that you would consume orally, is the same amount that you inject in your veins. And they're like, the safe amount is 25 micrograms. That's what they say. So one single dose of the flu vaccine contains 25 micrograms of ethyl mercury. And they said, this is what's safe. That individual would have to weigh more than 551 pounds for the 25 microgram exposure to be considered safe, right? Young children are commonly given half doses of thimerosal preserved flu shots now. So they would say... Um, that would still work out to be if you had someone who was 20 pounds. Um, that's 14 times the safety for in terms of daily exposure. In the 1990s, a two-month-old child could receive 62.5. Again, they say 25 is safe. A two-month-old child could receive 62.5 micrograms from three vaccines in a single doctor visit. So assuming that child is about 11 pounds at two months old, that child, he or she, would receive 125 times the EPA recommended allowance for the methylmercury, right? So you want to talk in the same and they say, hey, it's safe and it's totally safe. But then again, we look at studies that were published. Again, this was published in 2005. This is not new. Environmental health protection. It's the comparison of blood and brain mercury levels in an infant monkey exposed to methylmercury or vaccine containing thimerosal what does it do to the body and it spikes it up so even after that they see this large increase so the people who say no i trust the science safe and effective there's no mercury in vaccines you haven't done your research you haven't done your research and this is one i encourage you to do a deeper dive there's a really really great podcast if you want to listen to it 
the Joe Rogan experience. It's on Spotify. Um, Robert Kennedy Jr. It's episode 1,999. So 1999. Robert Kennedy Jr. on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. Give it a listen. It is a longer podcast. I put it on a speed up system. But when you start listening and hear what's going on, it will um, it will just change it. And you don't have to change anything. But I think learning more, and we can't just blindly trust the science. You're being told and sold things that don't necessarily come into the right mind frame. So instead of just blindly quoting, trusting the science, do your own research. Dive down deep and ensure that whatever decision you make, the best decision that you can make in any regard for your life, your family's life, your kid's life is an educated one. Make educated decisions. Don't just blindly trust the science. Thanks so much for tuning in. Look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on. Mm -hmm.